This is the Life Church Podcast. For more messages, to watch our live stream, or to find other events, go to lifechurchnow.org. This has happened two times to me in my life. For Christy and I, two times we've made decisions we felt we needed to make in our lives that have cost us basically all of our friendships. In December 1981, um, after planting a new church, I was, I was serving um, on the governing board of the denomination I came out of. There were 35 members of us. Uh, I had already previously served in the, in the national office as the director of youth ministry for the denomination. Uh, but I planted this church, and uh, six and a half years in, uh, God had messed with my theology and messed it all up. <clears throat> Meaning, I'd come to discover as I read scripture in large quantities at a time for the first time in my life, at least this large a quantity of scriptures uh, at a time, this time in my life, uh, and I began to see the reality of the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and um, speaking in tongues, all those gifts, all those dynamics, and also then about church uh, government and I realized, in spite of my position and, and the people that I knew, uh, I could not continue to do ministry in good faith in that environment because uh, I knew what, the, what that denomination stood for, and that wasn't me anymore. And so I wanted to go experience ministry with someone who was experienced in ministry in that culture and that climate. So we left, and... Um, uh, Joined a church that was a young congregation, but I befriended this pastor, and uh, we had similarities about planting a church, and he was several years behind me, but uh, he had come from a very large church that had experience in this kind of dynamic, and so uh, we went there, no promise of anything with regard to ministry placement or anything. Eventually, I became his right-hand person and was there for 16 years, but... In the midst of time, I had people from the nation just uh, very concerned about me because I had gone off the deep end. And, and uh, some tried to contact me and talk me out of my decision. And um, one particularly uh, insinuated that uh, my wife had, um, was taking control of what we did, which was hilarious because Christy was uh, behind me with regard to believing the things I'd come to believe. But anyway, and so um, um, bottom line was uh, ties were cut off. In uh, the fall of 2008, the church that then we became part of ultimately, and I was on staff for uh, 16 years, the founding pastor determined that uh, he was going to turn the church over to somebody from um, uh, the West Coast, and which doesn't, the West Coast is not a problem. It's just somebody we didn't really know, uh, hoping for some other items that we weren't seeing happen in the congregation. In very short order, um, this individual did some very um, nasty things to me personally and to two other members of my family. And uh, ultimately, we needed to leave. And ultimately, he was short-lived as the pastor there, but in great damage had been done to the church. But we again lost uh, contact for a period of time and relationship with people who were dear to us. But also, what had happened, I did not have a job. So I'd started a business, 
and I uh, already had another business going on the side. Uh, but this was 2008. Uh, the economy crashed. By the end of the year, my businesses were toast. We were in financial ruin, and I had no uh, people who were friends who you would normally count on to help you through those kind of processes uh, to relate to. In Psalm 55, David, King David at this point, uh, talks about a similar kind of experience. And so we're going to take a look into his reaction to those kinds of things. We don't know exactly what happened, but we'll see in a minute. Apparently, uh, a friend betrayed him, a very, very close friend betrayed him in some very painful way. And so here's his response in the midst of all this having happened, uh, and we'll draw some conclusions then for us when we're all in those same kind of situations of how we get back to a place of strength. Verse 1, David says, Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts, they trouble me, and I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying, because of the threats of the wicked, for they bring down suffering on me and assail me in their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me, and horror has overwhelmed me. God, don't you get what's going on here? Where are you? Then he says, oh, that I have the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter, far from the tempest and storm. I'm going to run. I'm going to get away. I'm going to hide. I'm not going to face this. I will get out of here. That's what I'm going to do. Then he comes back and he talks to the Lord again. He says, Lord, confuse the wicked, confound their words, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they prowl about on its walls, malice and abuse are within it, destructive forces are at work in the city, threats and lies never leave its streets. Are you not paying attention, God? Are you going to do anything? Then he gets introspective and he, and, he, and he, his mind is thinking and, and talking to this person who has betrayed him. And he says, if an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were rising up against me, I could hide. I know his tactics, and, but, but it's you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walked about among the worshipers. How, how can this be happening to me? Hey God, I got an idea. Let death take my enemies by surprise. Let them go down alive to the realm of the dead for evil finds lodging among them. Here's the deal, God. This can be fixed. Let's kill them. Even better, let's let them suffer as they get killed. Let them go down alive to the dead. 
And then um, you get this sense that, see, we read passages of Scripture, and it takes us, you know, what, two minutes to read this whole passage, perhaps. But we miss that this is real life, and the feelings that are part of it are are how we would experience real life. So somewhere then, after all this has gone on, um, he kind of comes to his senses, sort of, and he says, David says, you can always hear him take a breath. As for me, I call to God. And the Lord saves me. Oh, evening and morning and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. He rescues me unharmed for the battle waged against me, even though many oppose me. God who was enthroned from old, who does not change, will hear them and humble them because they have no fear or respect of God. Oh, I can rail, I can, I can feel miserable, but this is what I really need to do. Oh, great. Now to the place of holy conduct is where he's at. All of a sudden, though, his mind goes somewhere else. He says, my companion attacks his friends. He violates his covenant. His talk is smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. His words are more soothing than oil, yet they are drawn swords. Have I told you all that's going on, God? Did you see all of it? Oh, shoot. My mind took off on me again. Cast your cares on the Lord. And he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Not in a permanent state. Not in a permanent failure state. God will take care of whoever needs addressed. But you, O oh God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of decay. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men will not live out half of their days. <sighs> but as for me... I trust in you. How long did it take him for him to get from turmoil back to trust? We don't know. There's a misconception. If you read scripture, you read in it, and however, it's just like a half hour TV show or an hour movie. You know, all this thing unfolded all in this short period of time, 22 minutes with the commercials, and and that's all over. From the very beginning to the very end, the whole story was told. In two minutes to read the chapter, the whole story was told. Well, my gosh, there were some times here you can see where, oh, I'm, I'm kind of doing this. And succinctly it's written down, the thoughts, but you know how thoughts go. They go, and they go, and they go, and they go. And then you... You get a hold of them, you bring them back here, and you're, you're kind of here for a while, and then, then, then they're off again. But let's say, ultimately, ultimately, I trust versus I rant, I scream, I'm in despair. So from all of this, uh, what we want to do this morning, we want to look at a couple of points about what we can glean from this about your situation. How do you get from the place of turmoil to again the place of trust when something has come upon you that is quite debilitating dangerous treacherous devastating so 
We're going to move into uh, a couple of things that we see here from David. You know, I, 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 was, I was just, I had no idea when I was younger in faith and you would ask, or I would hear people ask older believers, you know, what's your favorite book of the Bible? And for some, not all, but for some would say, they would claim Psalms was the, their favorite book of the Bible. I had no idea why. I thought, how silly. I mean, have you read some of this? And, and this, this, this chapter to begin with, I mean, David, you know, David, uh, this is a guy to follow. Kill my enemies. But what I found out, and this is point one, David knew it's okay to be real with God. So, see, you can holler, you can scream, you can cry, you can moan. By the way, who made you? He knows your thoughts. He knows your feelings. To pretend they don't exist is silliness. They're there anyway. Just to put on a facade and, 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 and successfully keep who you are hidden, who, what you're really f- feeling hidden is silly. Because he knows it anyway. So what's the point of doing all of that? It takes a heck of a lot of energy to do that. Be Open, be honest, be real with God. I used to work with a guy uh, ministered with back in the 80s, and uh, Mike Merle uh, would often say, and it is the 80s, so you'll understand this lingo when he says, just let it all hang out. God's a big guy. He can take it. So the good news is, the thing we find out about David in this psalm, and in others, but in this psalm, it's okay to be real. You know, one of, the, one of the values here in this congregation is authenticity. We value being authentic. You don't have to be pretend to be something that you aren't. We're all in process. And some of that process is painful. And some of it's disappointing. And there are hurts. And we live among real people who do things that just affect us. Our own baggage, our own emotions are weak and they get injured. And, you know, life is hard. It's okay to be real. Number two, it's okay to step back for a period. Now, I'm not talking about you end up being a hermit, but David did want to run away. One of the things he considered was, man, if I could just, you know, I'm going to buy a ticket, and I'm going to go to Arizona, hide out in the Grand Canyon where no one can find me, and then I'll be all right. I'm going to turn off my cell phone, leave no forwarding addresses. I'm not going to check email, and nobody will be talking to me, and I don't have to talk to anybody else. Well, here is the reality. Sometimes we do have to step back. I mean, sometimes life has just delivered a blow to the gut, and you are bent over. And someone says to you, breathe. (laughs) I want to, but I can't. You know, it's a little bit like sometimes uh, people are are quick to give in, in very treacherous circumstances, trying to do well, trying to be encouraging, and giving just short little platitudes of, of, of inspirational phrases or a Bible verse, um, which is well intended, but it's not what's needed in that severe a situation, which can be like, uh, you know, you're going into hypothermia, you're outside, it's, 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 it's 30 below, and, and your hands are frostbitten, and you have pneumonia, and someone comes out and says, hey, here's a fresh set of gloves to put on, but put them on and stay there. Or your house is on fire, and you're running out of your house, and you are on fire also. And someone runs to you with an oxygen mask and an oxygen tank and says, here, put this on. 
and does nothing else so that you can breathe well while you're burning up. All those things are good things, but they're not what's needed in that situation. Sometimes we have to step back a little, and it's okay. Uh, I had a lady um, come to talk to me a couple of weeks ago who was referred to me by someone in another church uh, who, was, who had lost her husband several years ago, but since that time has been really been suffering with depression. And, and, and her, her friends, as good as they were, you know, they were like friends of Job in, in, in Job who were giving, you know, the right spiritual answers, but, but they're not life. They're not what's needed now. And for her to find out, oh, I need to do this and this, uh, but it's not just humble myself more before the Lord. I need to take myself out of the environments that are causing me the pain so I can get some other help that I need. It's okay to step back for a period of time. Number three, give the pain to God. Oh, well, hey, that's a great spiritual answer. Give the pain to God. Cool. But here's the issue. Again and again and again and again and again because it'll keep coming up. It's not a one-time proposition. So it's all right to spill it out again, a new depth of it again, another side of it again, another angle of it again. God, did you hear me the first time? Again and again and again. The more we dump out, the more room there is ultimately for other stuff that we need to come in. Okay? So give the pain to God again, again, again. Also give the revenge to God again, 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 again. Now, you're like me, I know you are. You would like to give out the revenge. <laughs> or at least you would like to be there to see that it got given out. Or at the very least to verify it got given out adequately. That's who we are as humans, but God says, uh, um, you don't need to be distracted with that. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Okay? There's some action needed here. I'll figure out exactly what it is. You don't need to worry about it. I will take care of it. You may or may not ever see it happen. You may or may not like how it happens. Um, it doesn't matter with regard to your healing. Okay? So, we have all four of these things really going on all at the same time. We are, we're, we're being real with God. We're, we're stepping back maybe for a period of time, and that, depend, that, that looks a little differently in everybody's situation, what stepping back means. But we're giving the pain to God again as often as every time it comes up. We are uh, giving the vengeance, the desire to get back again and again and again. They're all going on at the same time. It's all overlaid and interconnected. But in the midst of it all, you're going to have to come to a point where you expect number five. It is this. Expect to experience life again in time. Now, I don't mean, I don't mean just surviving. I don't mean just that you are no longer with your head in the ground and it's kind of up like this. And that's how we naturally feel. But I mean, there comes a point when you should be able to expect, you should expect, you need to expect that there will come life, real life again. Joy, peace, fun, excitement, richness, enjoyment, productivity, contentment, laughter, satisfaction. Yeah. 
Not a fake life. Life. Romans 8, 28 says this. This is the verse my dad brought us kids up on. And we know that all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Not everything that happens to you is good. But the promise of God is this. If you give it to him for Christ followers, everything will be turned out for good. The thing is not good, but God has the ability to make good out of it. Okay? It's a certainty, it's a guarantee, it's a promise. Now, in the midst of that, I have to address one notion that's, that's very popular today that is uh, false and leads people astray in a big way. It's this notion that everything that happens, happens for a reason. Garbage. You don't believe that, and I'm going to prove it to you here in a minute. Everything that happens, happens for some good, predetermined, purposeful reason. There's not a divinely ordained, cosmically initiated reason for every event. If so, then it doesn't matter what choices we ever make. That's known as fatalism. You know, we say, um, I didn't get the job, I didn't get the promotion. Oh, well, everything happens for a reason. Uh, well, if that's true, then why do you instruct your children not to go play in the street? If they go play in the street, if they get hit, what does it matter? Everything happens for a reason. If it doesn't matter what happens, everything happens for a reason, I might as well go to McDonald's and even eat there more than I already do. Because who cares what happens to my health? Everything happens for a reason. And I'm going to be really, really a little gross and a little strong, so brace yourself. If it's your daughter, your mother, your wife who gets raped, does it matter? Does everything happen for a reason? It's not what the scripture says. And none of that is true. What is true is God promises for the believer. If you give tragedy and turmoil to me, I promise this is what I will do. I will take out of that instance and those instances and I will make good happen. Those were not my doing. And if you think God God creates um, hardship for us, evil stuff like that then you haven't read James chapter 1 you need to do that God doesn't initiate evil but he promises to take all that is evil and make good out of it for us now the real thing then is and this is the big hang up for most Christians or most people considering Christianity well if God's so good then why does he allow those kind of things to happen in the first place which is a logical question. And the simple answer is this, and you can dive into more of this in different places, but God is a perfect God. He created earth with human beings who are given the right to choose for themselves what to do. Free will. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were told what not to do. They chose to do it anyway. 
If God wanted a puppet relationship, then he would have not given people the ability to choose. But if you're demanding people follow you and giving them no other options, uh, do we call that a relationship? That's not a relationship. God wants relationship with his people. So he gives us free will to choose them or not. Now there are consequences for not, but the freedom is ours to choose. And the world is messed up because originally, uh, the original human beings chose not to obey him. So now we live in this, this world that is forever tainted with all kinds of people, all of us who want to be God of our own lives. That's what sin is, wanting to be God of your own life. And so, you know, some of the things that, that, that happen to us, the reason they happen is because we're stupid. The guy I looked at in the mirror this morning, anyway, that, that applies to him. Some things that we experience, the reason that we, 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 we experience some things is because other people are stupid. And the ramifications of what they do then fall to us and we experience those things. God never promises us as Christians that we'll have a perfect life. He promises that whatever we face in life, he will make good out of it. That's good news, <laughs> Many of you have experienced similar terrible things as David or some of the things I described at the beginning of the message. You know, you've lost a business or maybe it's sinking right now. Maybe a spouse has betrayed you. Maybe a very close relative has died very unexpectedly. Maybe you have cancer. And almost certainly there are some dreams that you thought were coming a different way and you've applied yourself to them and to no avail. None of these things are good. (laughs) But the promise is whatever God is doing, whatever else is going, he has promised that he will take those things and make something good out of it. In time, out of it. That will bring you real life again. This coming August 10th, it'll be the six-year anniversary of the death of Kelly Liddell. A few of you know who Kelly was. Many of you probably don't. Kelly Liddell... um, was my sister-in-law, my wife's sister and her best friend. uh, Her sister and her best friend. She was the wife of Todd Liddell, who goes here. Um, On that day, they were celebrating Todd's birthday. Uh, They were traveling uh, in a vehicle with Todd's brother, his only sibling, and Todd's, and, 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 and Troy's wife. So two spouses together, two of them were uh, siblings, brothers. They were coming from Tiffin to Iowa City to the England Theater for a show to celebrate Todd's birthday. And route on a crossroad uh, came a vehicle going somewhere near 60 miles an hour on a gravel road who crossed the road at Highway 6, did not stop, uh, made no effort to, to slow down, slammed directly into them, T-boned them, and Todd lost that day both his wife and his only sibling. 
He and the other sibling were in the hospital for many weeks. My wife lost, uh, uh, Todd lost his wife, his boys lost their mom, my wife lost her sister and best friend, my kids lost their aunt and their second mom. And the owner of the business who was letting them use the business vehicle illegally assisted the driver of the vehicle to escape to Mexico where he is now so he's never been brought to judgment in a human uh, setting none of those things are good what you've experienced things I've described but David in another situation in Psalm wrote this Psalm 27 13 I remain confident of this I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There will come a day when I, I'm not talking about when I hang on in this world and escape and get out of this miserable, pathetic life and escape to heaven. I'm talking, I'm going to see life and experience life in the here and now where I live again. Life, real life. Joy, peace, fun, excitement, richness, enjoyment, productivity, contentment, laughter, satisfaction. Life is real. Pain is real. God is real. But you can be real with him. But stand. There are, there are a couple of, uh, at least a couple of categories of people here this morning. Some of you, you know, something's really been stirred up uh, because uh, you've been carrying some real pain and some real um, tragedy in your life for a long period of time. You've done your best to manage it, um, um, function in life and keep it at bay. And, and no one is criticizing you for that. It's a horrendous thing and the pain is, is, is tragic and terrible. There are some of you who, and so, so there may be tears even, you're fighting, fighting them. For some of you, there may be tears or some emotion right now, um, but, but, but it's sweeter. You're being healed. You, you know something of the reality of, of time and God, and there's a release, and, and, and you're beginning to feel that. You have for a while now, but uh, it's still a work in progress. A few minutes um, uh, we're going to have the opportunity for you to come. Maybe you need assistance from someone. Uh, our prayer team who prays all week long to assist people to get past things. I mean, they, they can't fix you. They can't fix your situation. None of them has a gun. They're not going to go out and fix anybody else for you either, okay? But they can help pray you to a place of surrender and start the move of God for you to be real and for his healing to become real in you. All right, Father, in Jesus' name, we just say, come, Lord, come. Come, Lord, come. Peace, Lord, come. Peace, strength, Lord, come. Strength, strength, strength. Freedom, now come. Goodness, now come. Hope, now come. Your love, your assurance, now come in Jesus' name.